Welcome to Tough Love Podcast with me, Mairead Lachman, matchmaker, dating specialist and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist and relationship specialist. Thank you, everybody that has listened to our season one. We have obviously given you a huge amount of information and advice on all things relating to dating, love, relationships, breakups, narcissists, alcoholism, you name it. Um, But we decided to launch our season two with a series of podcasts in relation to some of the biggest issues that Stephanie would see in her practice as a clinical psychotherapist and also that would come up very often on my day to day with matchmaking as well. Stephanie, do you want to share? Yeah. Yes. And welcome back, everyone, after the summer. I I think that the reason we're really interested in having, I suppose, a few podcasts on one subject is because sometimes we feel that we move through it a little quickly. And I think there's a lot more to be said about various things. So we're trying to, in many ways, I suppose, go a wee bit deeper, a little deeper, a little slower. And we're hoping that you might join us a little on that journey and give us some of your own stories. We have already got some, but anybody there feel free to let us know what your issues are, because in relation even to this specific area of separation, breakup, divorce. So you might wonder, so let's let's go right in there, Mairead. You know, people might wonder, well, we're trying to we're trying to help you with love. We're trying to help you with relationships. We're trying to help people navigate it in a really positive way. But something that I've become acutely aware of and spoken quite a bit about it on News Talk, and that is that separations, which are usual, sometimes inevitable. They're becoming increasingly a part of life. Um, They are the nature, I think, of marriage and the institution of marriage and how it is changing. Mm -hmm. And I think the nature of family and how it is changing, that we're having a lot of issues that are quite new to the Irish population. And that is because in many ways, divorce came in, as people here will know, but many people forget it because it depends on your age profile. People kind of think, oh, we have that, you know, we have I have divorce in Ireland, but we actually only have divorce in Ireland since 1996, which really is not that long ago. And the problem is it came in, here's another important point, it came in by less, with a majority of less than 1%. So only... It was almost an identical 50-50 split, okay, except for a 0.4 and a 0.6. So a lot of people in Ireland felt very, very strongly that this was the wrong way to go. And so all of those people are still around us. And, you know, so don't presume that everybody thinks it's a great idea. No matter what age you are, people people still carry negative views about it. Um, And they sometimes express those views and also they pass those views down to their children. They pass those views down to their friends who separate. They judge, they dismiss. And I think all of that area needs a good looking at. And I want people to feel, I suppose I want to give people in some ways a little, little time out to think about what their own thoughts are on this and see if we can bring all of us to a better point. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So over the next four um, podcasts, so the next four yes. weeks, we're going to be diff- doing different stages of basically from one, from the initial stage when you're thinking about a divorce, you know, what you can do to maybe perhaps fix the relationship before it gets any further, kind of catch it in its tracks to what happens if you still feel you need to go on to the next stage of maybe breaking up with your partner or um, going to counselling, going to mediation, all of those different things, then into the next stage of different conversations that we had and also then of 
obviously uh, any of the other information that comes. And this comes from a very non-judgmental area. We're giving you the facts. We're giving you the information. Obviously, at all stages, myself and Stephanie have our uh, private sessions. If you want to book a private session with myself and Stephanie, um, you just go on to toughlove.ie um, and you can book those sessions with us. They're completely confidential. You can just tell us in a non-judgmental way where you are on your journey and perhaps we can help you you know even come up with a path a discussion area um but a completely confidential and safe place for you to discuss any issues and again that's not just for divorcing it's for any area of dating and relationships so we're going to start today as a as a sort of a first out with sort of really focusing on understanding you and where you are in your relationship because there's many steps and points before people break up Mm -hmm. and a lot of thinking goes on in your own mind. A lot of conversations happen or don't happen. So let's talk a little bit about that. Probably as a good intro, it's worth saying that that the most common reasons that people break up, people think it's always infidelity, but actually it's not. Mm -hmm. The most common reasons, if you look at the research, is communication. So we can come back to that. Whatever the problem is, because many many relationships have problems but it often comes back down to the fact that you know it doesn't get communicated somebody doesn't get heard somebody mm-hmm. doesn't get the conversation get the, the problem articulated yeah their the style of communication their lack of style of communication all of us yes is is huge the other thing maybe to think about is just before we go into the, the you per, uh, and it all is that um, there are times when people break up more often and it's funny we, we spoke a little bit in August about how at the end of the summer and here you are lots of people get very jittery about their relationship after the summer because they've been so exposed to mm-hmm. uh to each other i suppose and to all the stresses of being on holidays together and looking at each other and they don't have the 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 the, the anchor points of work mm-hmm. And the anchor points of the book club and the going here and the going there, it's all family dynamic and it gets very amplified. And sometimes when there are problems, those fault lines just become something you can no longer turn away from. So I would encourage people in August. Remember, August is a jittery time. The other time that's jittery, if I may say, and where the research shows is January post Christmas for the very same reasons, a lot of exposure. Another time that's very jittery, if we use that term again, is Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. because people, couples look at other couples and they say they have love and I do not. Yes, they have romance and I do not. So and that's OK. And maybe these are times when you need to look at your relationship. Do you, yeah. Do you know statistically um, in in, sorry, in America, when I was doing my, the own, or my own research for this, they were saying that divorce months in America tend to be January and September. Mm-hmm. And if we think that's literally going to coincide with you, you said August, but like, let's face it, they might decide to, to actually have the discussion in the September. And if you look at those two months, if you actually think about it as well, you would have spent a good bit of time together with each other over the Christmas, we'll say, period. Yeah. Um, and then also maybe after a holiday as well. But also there are also fresh start times. So for anybody that is starting again, like a lot of people decide to lose weight, it's my busiest time of year is January and September. The reason being as well, because January... Of course, a New Year's resolutions and kind of kind of maybe taking a little bit of a reflection of who you are and what yes. you want for the year ahead. But also then as well with September, because I would say definitely because the evenings start getting darker, but also people are thinking, OK, well, like you, it was traditionally the start of a new school year. Yes. And so, you know, even if you've no association to school or university or whatever, we kind of have a little kind of a uh, term time. 
It is term time. So yes, it does make sense. Yeah, I think you I think you put your finger on something there. It's it's sort of a beginning time. Yes. And so, you know, I'm not saying, oh, that's a false time. I'm saying, yes, there's something there, but there also it also may be just jitters. You know, it may be just that you've had enough and a problem has shown up and you maybe need to deal with that. So the, the, the question really is these times can point up. So we're going to talk about the pre issues. You know, people don't walk out the door easily ever. In a marriage or a relationship, in my view. Now, of course, that depends on the length of time you've invested, how long you've been together. And of course, if there is marriage and children, more complicated again, because it's a Mm -hmm. whole legal structure. But in reality, I always think when I, when people I speak to, I would say in general, people know that they're in big trouble for Mm -hmm. at least six months before they ever come for help. That's an absolute minimum and they would be doing quite well. So I'm trying to help people to think here about the issues and do something about them in a positive way. It may not bring you to a really good resolution, but you will have taken all the steps and in the doing of those steps, you're also working it through for yourself and becoming more clear and helping yourself in many ways to carry it better. So the first question you have to ask yourself is the issue in the relationship. What is it exactly? Try and put words on it. That can be difficult. You know, we mentioned communication. People will often say to me, you know, oh, he's very quiet or doesn't share that. Or, you know, it's hard to name it. We're in the business of naming it. Yes. But it often is more in the shadow of naming, long in the shadows before that name gets put on it. Mm -hmm. And that can be a difficult time. I think when you know something's wrong, but you don't really know what it is. Also as well, there's personality types out there that, you know, I would hope that I'd be a safe place for anybody to come to if they need to communicate anything with me. Because, you know, regardless of whether I don't want to hear it or whatever, I will, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm self-reflecting. I would like to think I've got accountability and everything. But for a lot of people, they are in relationships with people that are not self-reflecting, that are not easy to communicate with, that perhaps, you know, they're never wrong, those sorts of characteristics. Yes. So even like that, even when there is an issue, it can be extremely difficult to even broach the subject of communicating the, the issue, communicating yes. um, because straight away if it's not their fault, they're going to redirect it back onto you. So yes, I can see that absolutely communication is a huge issue. And raising the issue. So so the point about the point, exactly as you have said there, you know, it's, are you, do you have the capacity yourself to raise the issue? Mm-hmm. Do you have the capacity to receive it either if, the, if, if your partner raises it with you? Because this is a two way street, guys, you know, yeah. and we're, we're not as perfect as we all like to think and maybe not as easy to live with as we all like to think. The only time uh, that in my life of work with with in the clinical work, the time that people are resistant to feedback, most resistant to feedback is where there is addiction of okay. any nature. OK, like, you know, People who are addicted to alcohol or drugs, they don't want to know. They will be in total denial. We've been we've we've spoken about this on our podcast about addiction, but yes. so you can go there if you if that's your issue. But otherwise, I expect a partner to be open to listening. And if you want your partner to be open to listening, you have to start from the point of view of I think we're struggling with something and I really want this to be better. Can we talk about this mm-hmm. rather than the conversations that start with, you know, you, 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 you. Yes. You know, you're late. You don't do this. You don't do that. Nobody's going to respond well to that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to respond well to that. Yeah. 
I think when you're having those sorts of conversations, actually saying, look, I think we need to have a conversation. There is no blame here. The main objective is that we get out the other side. So let's figure yeah. out how we do that together. And like, you know, there's no like we're a team because in fairness, if you are in a relationship, you are a team. So you should be having those conversations yes. as a team. And I think and also what that touches on is there's there's stages to this first you're a team. First, you try to solve this problem as a team. Mm-hmm. And if it can't be solved, then it becomes a you situation for a while where you we, we have to focus on you and how you're going okay. to manage this. But in this first phase of pre-separation or pre-breakup, you have to be thinking about what is the issue and how can we come through this? Mm-hmm. And you have to find a way of communicating that. And another good thing is if you can... If you, the, a very good way to put your finger on what the issue is, is to, to say to yourself, how do I feel here? What is this problem making me feel? And rather than focusing on trying to get the words on whose fault and what's the problem, try and communicate that to your partner. This is how this makes me feel. How can we make it better? What yeah, is that Perhaps like you don't me? need to have the answer going in. Perhaps you can Correct. say, look, I, this is the feeling now. So maybe we can work on the answer together. Exactly. And that's the joint bit. And I think that if you can spend some time on that, it will it will stand to you in great sort of stead as as the whole process goes on, because you will Mm -hmm. know all of these things will help you to clarify. They will help you to feel good. They will help you to know that you've taken the right steps. And all of these little steps build to a good ending, if either a resolution or an ending. So it's towards the healthy ending we're looking for or a healthy new beginning together. I think also a moment there as well, if you're kind of thinking to yourself, this is how it makes me feel. Perhaps just thinking for a moment, is this an important issue? Like how important it is? Sometimes, you know the way sometimes you can go down the rabbit hole of thinking something is really important in your life when actually it isn't. Um, yes. So like, as you know, saying that whole saying, choosing your battles wisely. Yeah. You know the way sometimes people, they have to have the house absolutely spotless you know, mm-hmm. beyond the the uh, the normal level of spotless, spotless um, yes. and perfectionist, maybe maybe even as a control thing to keep everybody else in the house as a control thing. You know, why is it that you feel very irritated when the house is, you know, so there's there's certain mm-hmm. things that perhaps, you know, is some of your own stuff. Yes. Some stuff that is then as the relationship is. Um, and so maybe identifying as well, is the issue yourself? Is the issue your partner? Is it your relationship? So even kind of having thought about that as well, being a little bit more conscious about your own boundaries as a human being as well. Yeah, I think what, what you touched on there is, you know, trivial issues are irritants. Yes. Right. But if you're coming to the conversation that we're talking about, you are talking about something that is making you think about the front door. Okay. It's a big conversation. Okay. So there's it's a, a diff- level there's a of difference. Okay. You're yes. now thinking about the front door. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You've probably had that conversation about helping with the cleaning up or, or, yeah. um, you and know. let's face it, it's never just one thing at that stage. No. When you're thinking of the front door, you're not thinking he always leaves his bloody cup in the sink. You know, that's yeah. not really going to be are, the thing. As they say, where you are thinking of the front door, I would say that is the issue you're bringing to the table. I am unhappy in this relationship. I don't know. how we have got to where we are. I would like us to be better and I'm prepared to do anything we can together to get this right, but it's going to take two of us. That conversation has to be had. And 
you you need to find your own way with that. I would encourage people. I mean, there's lots of tips. Write it down. Write down how you feel. Write down how often these you felt this. Mm-hmm. Um, try and communicate your your unhappiness, your your despair, if you like, mm-hmm. if it's there, or your why you're thinking about leaving. Is it because you know you may not say it in exactly those words, but that that it has made you feel the marriage or the relationship no longer has what it should have for you. So you're really bringing a serious, major conversation to the table. You're flagging it as a serious and major conversation, okay? So I'm assuming with that, there needs to be a joint effort. You know, yes. there's nobody should be dismissing you at this stage. Like if you're after flagging it, this is a very serious issue and right. I really need this fixed, okay? That right. that needs to then be, you know, put as a, we'll say, an absolute focus within the relationship to be fixed. Yes. And the conversation needs to be had morning time, not night time, not over wine. I'm bringing this to the table because you and I are in trouble and we need to talk about this, right? Yeah. If your partner does not want to have that conversation or is unprepared to have that conversation, then you know you're on your own with this. This partner is not going to work on your marriage or on your relationship. Now Now you've got your answer, but ask straight up. Okay, and so therefore, if you know, if they say to you, I'm not ready to have this conversation now, like you need to say, okay, well, we'll have it maybe tomorrow morning, um, Saturday right. morning when we both have time, we're not ready to work or whatever yeah. it is. You, you reschedule that conversation. Reschedule, absolutely. but And that is absolutely fine, a time that works together. But it's not a postpone, postpone, postpone. Okay. If you find it's important enough, your partner has an obligation to to respond. Absolutely. Otherwise, who are you with? Who are you with? What What is this relationship? Mm-hmm. I mean, the intimacy of a relationship is that you can rely on each other emotionally in life. Now, if they don't want to talk about your emotions, well, half of that sentence is already complete. Yes. You cannot rely on that person emotionally. So, you you know, it's so it, the way that these conversations get handled, planned for, accepted, mm-hmm. received, tells you an awful lot about where your relationship is. So that's why it's good to go through the steps. Okay. Helps you. Okay. I mean, of course, you know, you have to have, you have to in some way have a sense that you're going, this is why I say there's always time factor and steps to be involved, to to go through. It's good for people to realize that giving it effort and taking, taking a kind of a view of how this can be resolved and, and giving your partner a chance and you a chance to make the adjustments that you both feel might help. You try that for a little while. Yes. And then you see if it works. And and you 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 have a reasonable expectation. Maybe it's. I mean, if it was think of it, if it was a diff, particular difficulty, you would say to yourself, OK, let's say it's drink. Drink is an yeah. obvious one, but you might just just say, I expect, you know, if we agree that there's a drink issue here, mm-hmm. well, what you promise me and what I pro- or what I promise you is that I'm going to take X number of steps to control my drinking. So, mm-hmm. or I'm going to take X steps to not go out as often socially. And then you see if that gets done. You know, the, it what might happens be when it doesn't thing. get done? Well, when it doesn't get done, you're on the next step. 
Okay. And that's the point, you see, that it helps you as well. You're giving, I mean, you would give anybody a chance, wouldn't you? you Absolutely. Give, and I'm sure there's especially, been many other conversations about this before this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, and especially as well, if you're in a relationship, especially if it's long term, especially if you're married, especially if there's children involved, especially yes. if you own assets together, all of those different things. Like, let's face it, the longer you're together, the more of your life is amalgamated together and the harder it is just to walk away. Absolutely. So if yeah. somebody is thinking about the front door, regardless of what the issue is, if they're telling you it is significant enough that it, they, they really need to focus on it to be fixed and you That's don't right. listen to that or you ignore it or you don't go and get the professional help that you need, any of those things, it is obviously going to elevate them to the next level. Exactly. Because think about that. In life, you have already in this relationship said, I think you drink too much. Or you have said, you are too angry when you fight with me. Or you have, you're too possessive when, whatever it is, you know, whatever the issue is, this will have already been communicated many times. The difference with this stage is you're saying our relationship is in trouble. Yes. You and I have to talk about this and you and I have to decide if there's something we can fix. Now you're, now you're in the big game of discussion. This is a higher level of discussion. And if your partner isn't interested and isn't willing, now you get your answer. Instead okay. of wondering, will I, will I, what else should I do? What else do you know should what? I do? I've often seen it before. No action is a response. No of action is, is your answer. So take exactly. that as your answer. If they're, they're not, they don't care about you or they don't care about your relationship strong enough to even go to the next step. Yes. And of course, there's issues of capacity and people, you know, addicted and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We're not just yes. talking about addiction here. We're talking about silence is a response. Not, yes. being, not being willing to have the conversation. That's a response. That's them saying, I'm prepared to leave it as it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And you then are coming to the to the to this relationship and saying, well, I don't want to leave it as it is. I want us to make some efforts to try and make it better. Now, yeah. if you're with and this is where the, the little stepping forward helps you by going through it and asking for the conversation, you can judge the response. Yes. And you set down, as you mentioned, we kind of alluded to there. Then you set down some steps that you agree between the two of you mm-hmm. that could help. But we are saying as well, even with addiction, though, there has to still like, you know what I mean? There still needs to be that you would go and get professional help if you're that serious about fixing the Absolutely. relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, absolutely. Yes. And I mean, drink and addiction are you know, they're beyond the chit chat stage. Yes. And, you know, they're often the ones where you end up with this, you know, where you have to lay down a very strong marker and say, I can't deal with this. You have to talk to a professional. But there's many other things like it could yes. be the flirting. It could be it could be that you've been left feeling insecure. It could be yeah, that the way they left, speak to you. Yes. Alone. Yeah. That this person is out playing golf five days a week, that he's got mm-hmm. the, the guys, that he's taking cocaine, that, yeah. that they're not looking that after their is, children. You're the default yeah, parent. They're not looking after the yeah. kids. Like there's, you know, you're not sharing anything. You're leaving it all to me. There's no happiness for me. You know, there's so many other things that are, that break relationships. And usually mm-hmm. you've often said it, Maraid, it's about not feeling heard, not feeling seen, not feeling valued. Yeah, That's usually what it is. And finding a way to bring that to the table. And so now you're going to set down parameters about what you want to change, what you'd like to see change. That's it. So you've sat down, you've said to them, look, I want to have that conversation. We then like whether you have it right there on the moment or you've rescheduled it and like measurability and rescheduling that you're like on Tuesday or on Saturday or whatever day it is. And you have the conversation that is not left on the long on the long finger. Now, let's face it, we've all had the conversation with a partner 
Okay, that we've all been promised the sun, moon and stars once the argument has happened and they're trying to get you back on the soft side. We've all had the conversation when you've actually left or broken up with them and they promise you the sun, moon and stars and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. Um, we've all had the conversation as well where it's had and we then say, okay, leave it with me. It'll be sorted. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens from there? Okay, I would say... When you're at this serious stage of discussion, you have to make agreements, write it down. Mm-hmm. Even when you're talking to each other, say, well, OK, let's at the end of that conversation. So we've agreed Fridays, whatever it is, Fridays, this Thursdays, that you're going to do this. I'm going to do that. So let's just let's just put that down. Right. Okay. And so in a week or let's it might even be two weeks to allow allow a little bit of, you know, looseness into the situation. Let's promise each other that we'll sit down again. Mm-hmm. We'll see what has worked well and what has not. Yes. And we'll see where we are. It's a little bit confessional, but it also, it promotes accountability and it promotes some kind of measurement of where we're going. Take some pressure off you as well, because you're not in that sort of, uh, that the mist of, the mist of, of sort of just plowing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having a review like that and having a set, setting the time for that review takes a lot of pressure off. And if the issue, I, if I can just pop this in, if the issue belongs to the other person, now I know it's both in the sense that you have to receive yeah. it. And I suppose we're talking here largely, usually the people who have in many ways, you know, the people who need to listen to advice are often the people who are most resistant to it. And that's the simple, unfortunate yes. rule of life. But um, I would I still think that there's always someone who leads in a relationship and some people know more emotionally than the other. So that may be you. And and in that sense, maybe you do have to lead. And but what I, I often if, if it's your partner and that person, you've asked for change, you've specified it together, you've kind of agreed that a few things could be done. Now leave it to them. Take yeah. your foot off the pedal. Yeah, don't be on them all that week. Yeah. Yeah. Take your foot off the pedal. Leave it to them. They're adults. They are responsible for their contribution Mm -hmm. to this relationship. Yeah. You're not responsible for their contribution. So you've done your job now. Look after Mayfane for a little while. I often say to people, stop fixing. Now, yes. just just take your foot off that. Relax a little bit. You've taken, you've done really well to get to that point. And I'm not saying... Like, um, how would I say, withdraw from this person. I think you're in it together and you're trying. But just remember, you're only responsible for you. They are responsible for themselves. I think that's a really good point. Okay, so you've had the conversation. You say, we'll review this this time next week or whenever it is. Okay, regardless of anything, if you're in a relationship, it should actually be nearly a pleasant conversation or like pleasant time to be able to review something. Okay, and whatever direction it is. But if you have to sit in them, like if you had conversation, We'll just use the example of alcoholism, but it could be anything. It could be anything we've discussed or anything we haven't even discussed today. Mm-hmm. But um, if you say to them, OK, we'll review it again next Tuesday morning and you're out then on the Saturday night and you can see that they're like ordering bottles of wine or doing whatever it is, you know, uh, there really is no point in saying it then at that stage, you know, because you've asked them to fix it. You've told them that if it doesn't, you're going towards the door. You're actually just delaying yourself. You're just stopping yourself living your true self because... You'd be better off to keep on going mm-hmm. through to the next stage if that's the case, instead of slowing down the process and just sitting on your own hands. 
Exactly. And in a way, Marie, that's kind of, that's one of the reasons I thought it was really important to kind of do this almost like in segments, because I want people to th- think about it. And, and I, I wanted mm-hmm. honestly to help them. Um, I have had quite a few. I mean, I was kind of a little shocked when uh, I did that last piece on News Talk. The, the kind of emails that come came to me and a lot for men, which was kind of, you know, again, in I, relation I, to divorce. Yes. In relation to divorce and separation. And, you know, and just a, a lot of that, the, the truth that's out that there's a lot of suffering out there around it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we all know it anecdotally and we obviously I see it in here. I see the efforts that people are making, the difficulty they have in raising the conversation. Uh, the difficulty they have then afterwards in the way the world deals with them, the way the courts deal with them. People are afraid of it and um, and they have some grounded fears, you know, pro- well-grounded yeah. fears and how their family will deal with them. I've had people stay in awful situations because they cannot face their family because they know that their family will boycott them. That's and the saddest thing them. I've ever heard. I mean, like what sort of a family just isolates you over not being true to yourself? It's awful. It's more, more than you think. I know. Well, sure. Yeah, look, we see it. Point. And in fairness, myself and Stephanie have had a lot of our private consultations and down through the months that we've been doing them, there has been people that come to us in all different situations of either being in their marriage and the other person being a little bit more outspoken or directional um, in kind of what their life plan was going to be and them saying, well, look, that's not really what I'm looking for. And um, we've had all sorts of situations with people that are genuinely like uh, another party within the relationship was making everybody in the light in the household's life hell um just from uh, day to day just the way they spoke to the rest of the family everything like that and we get a lot of messages from both and and people booking in from both male and female point of view so it is a safe place to come and to discuss everything um yeah. So really, you need to monitor it. It needs to be measurable. You need to review it. You said, previously said to me on a weekly basis, if if possible, until mm-hmm. the issue is fixed. Regardless yeah. of anything, I think it's really important if you're in a relationship, you should be having at least one conversation a week. Now, I know they're not always going to be like, how are we and where are we? And are you happy? And am I happy? And everything like that. But they should be regular enough conversations. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know if you're in the right relationship. If, you know, there is no communication and you cannot communicate with someone and I know that some people are very difficult to communicate with I know that some people they really do not take any accountability for their actions and even if you do raise something you know it's kind of projected back upon you mm-hmm. and that can be a very different type of you know very difficult relationship to be in I also hear we I think we know and maybe it's worth saying it in these communication kind of one you know yes. where we're talking about having the conversation that sometimes I would hear from men a lot that they're they're fearful of those conversations because their partner gets really upset and then yes. they don't like all the crying and the tears and they don't mm-hmm. really know what to do with them often. And yes, but I always say, well, you know, crying is just another kind of expression of things. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously because I'm a therapist, I, I kind of talk and talk and walk through that. But I, I would encourage people to just accept that for what it is. It is, it is upset. It's a, the person is upset, but it also is important if you're the female, if you like in the piece that, that you don't overwhelm the conversation with your, with your upset. It has to be a constructive conversation. So you have to get to that point where you're, 
where you're able to have the conversation. And the only way mm. you can do that is to prep a little, just a yeah. little. And and it's because it's it's a way in a way you're you're stepping back from your relation. You're saying this is our relationship, mm-hmm. and this is what I see going wrong. I know it's not easy to do that, and but really what I'm saying is before you even think about counselling, before you think about these are little conversations that you need to have. This is going wrong. Let's agree to try this. Now let's monitor how that's going and let's see how we're doing. And don't be judgmental and hard Mm -hmm. about each other, but bring to the table your unhappiness. But uh, remember, the responsibility is what you're really doing is passing some of the responsibility over to the other person to do something with you about it. Mm -hmm. Now, as we move on to the perhaps next podcast, even we're going to talk about what can therapy actually do for your yeah, couple position and many other pieces on this. But but w- one thing I think I would like to guide people on today, and that is if the issue is addiction, everything is online. OK, yes, every help you need with every problem. It is really online. is. There's is so many supports. Is it sex addiction? We've talked about all these things. Is it infidelity? Yes. Armor yourself with a little bit of reading. Just look around it because what you have to do in this journey of separation or breakup is you have to move from the problem is all around you and all on top of you Mm -hmm. to you being able to carry it in some way and step out of it and go forward with your life. Yes. So we're trying to help you either to resolve it or to step away from it and mm-hmm. to do so in a in a kind of a strong, healthy way. You use that great expression. I know it seems simple, but I reflected it back to you recently. It's the healthy option we're looking for here. It the is. healthy option for you, the healthy option for both of you. And mm-hmm. if there are if you are a family, the healthy option for you as a family. And there are good, fabulous ways to leave. I think it's really important as well. Anytime I've had arguments with significant others, first of all, it does hit a little bit harder because you're like you're more skin in the game. You are invested in the relationship. There is obviously a lot more emotion involved because you love them. You know, that's why there is more emotion involved. So I think that's very important to think about that. You were saying there about crying and men being quite concerned when women cry and they find it hard then to to speak to that person. I think, you know, first of all, if there are men listening to this, you're not responsible and women as well. You're not responsible how the other person person reacts you know if you are doing the best you can and communicating in a you know non we'll say abusive you know in in basically in a calm collective and just uh, just well I suppose balanced type of conversation you know if they do get upset it's not your fault of how they react and I think that's really important to know and if you are somebody or if you are with somebody I think that is irrationally upset when you're just Mm -hmm. having a conversation with them perhaps you know perhaps they do need to go to a little bit of therapy you know sometimes people need to get a lot of stuff off their off their chest I often see with matchmaking the amount of people that come to me that have never gone to therapy and they are carrying so much with them no wonder they're on the verge of tears so often so sometimes you know sometimes the best thing is having a little bit of therapy, stepping out from your life uh, for a little while or, you know, just relaxing into it. But I don't think any of those reasons are a good enough reason not to have the conversation. I think it's really important that mm. it, if it is your relationship that you would give it the love and attention that it needs. 
Absolutely. And so I hope we've covered that step one stage, um, Mairead. And mm-hmm. I think if if I may say then, just in terms of, let's just say, review, review, review. And what's a re- people will say, well, what's a reasonable time for that? Well, it depends on the length of your relationship. If you are mm-hmm. in a five-year relationship and you're in, as I say, the problem zone, the red zone, and you're thinking that this might have to end. Well, I would say that, you know, six months of trying is more than enough in a five-year relationship, you know, of asking for change, trying for change, reviewing change, measuring it and looking at and still feeling like this isn't enough or good enough or working for me. Six months. I think if, on the other hand, I think if you're in a marriage and you have children or a relationship and you have children, then uh, I think you have to think slightly differently. You perhaps have to give it a little longer because the complexity is greater. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the point? The the dynamic, the many dynamics are different. It may take you a little longer, but, you know, in broad terms, efforts and trying really it's, I would say any any, any yeah. marriage or any big relationship that's less than 10 years, maximum a year. I see. I know the way you're saying there, like six months of trying if it's a five year relationship or if there's a family a little bit longer. OK, I get that if both parties are putting in the effort to try. Oh, if yeah. one of the parties is not putting in the effort to try, would you still wait six months? I wouldn't think so, would you? Well, six months isn't long if you're living together, but yes. um, there will always have been. No, I, I wouldn't. Well, I think it will take you six months, no matter what, to set out those conversations, mm-hmm. to ask for change, to if, you know, if you're if you're getting a bold no and you're getting yeah. a blank non-cooperation. Or like absolutely, your answer is if they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll sort it out. And, yeah. you know, especially in the form of addictions yeah. when there's children and everything around and they're and still making honest, no track towards it. I, like how long would you give in that situation? Well, it can. The answers can come very clear. If a yeah. person's not prepared to cooperate at all or to do anything, well, then the you answer just, becomes very you clear. You just move it along it's faster. Now. Yeah, you move yeah. on to the next stage very quickly. But there's many other variations of this. The person, maybe also the other person, really does try, mm-hmm. but maybe it's still not better. So yeah, okay. there's many other variations on this, which can be yeah. very difficult. I mean, people often say, you know, but I, you know, I still love them, but it's still not working. Yes. yes. Sometimes that's exactly how it happens. They are the more complex, more complicated, and in some ways more painful because sometimes people who still love and have huge regard for each other, they have to step away from each other. Yes. So nothing's easy in love and relationships. We're not suggesting it's easy. That's why we're going at this a little slowly. Absolutely. So I'm going to, I'm going to draw a line there, Mairead, mm-hmm. I think until we speak next week about how the reviews are going and when it's time for couple counselling. Perfect. Look forward to it. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Mairead. Mm-hmm.